Hello there, welcome to the Rioters Review, a subsection, an arm of the Riot Act podcast, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and my man, Renfrey Deadman. Hello. Hello, mate. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> he, he sat right here, can't believe it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the Rioters Review. So what we do, um, if you're a patron uh, and you're listening to this on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast, uh, we would like to say a big thank you for your contribution. And we have done this as a thank you for your contribution, um, you are getting this way, way, way in advance before it goes out for free. If you're listening to it for free, we ain't talking about you, mate. That's not what we're no, talking about. We're we don't talking care about, about you. Those That's people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you go to patreon.com forward slash right act podcast and get yourself on our Patreon page um, where you can do what Matt Bradley has done. Matt Bradley. Uh, has suggested, as many, 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 many people have, and can keep his uh, suggestions rolling in, um, has suggested an album for us to talk about here on the Rioters Review, which we are going to do now. Matt has very kindly and excellently suggested <laughs> science fiction by Uncle, mm. which is what we're going to do right now. So, Renfrey, we recently reviewed The Road Part 2 on we the main did. show yes. uh, by Uncle, yes. and you confessed that you didn't have a very long... History. Um, relationship and history with uncle not really um like pretty much everyone around this time i'd heard rabbit in the headlights which is the song on this album which mm. features tom york seen the video yes it's great, great. Video. um love seeing a man getting hit by a car multiple times <laughs> I, I thought it was an excellent song but i was kind of like well i like this song because of tom york not because of uncle necessarily mm. um so i discovered uncle later on uh with the road and Really, really enjoyed those last two road records. Yeah, they're very good. And seeing this, uh, you were talking about science fiction uh-huh. during that review quite a bit. Yep. I'd seen that it was on our writer's review, so I was like, I'm going to bump that up because uh, I'd quite like to listen to that. And you kind of, you, I said at the end of that road to part two review, where should I go with Uncle Next? And you said science fiction. So mm-hmm. I figured this will be a reason for me to properly listen to it and dig my toes into it which i have i've listened to this quite extensively good uh do you want any more well shall we do a bit more background on the record itself background on the record itself so this essentially is the debut album from Uncle, well, not even essentially, it is, it is a day it is from Uncle. Uh, it came out on the 24th of August, 1998. Now, Uncle had been around before that in the early 90s, during, I guess, what you call the kind of pre dance music boom during the sort of the last days of rave culture um uh, james lavelle had, had kind of put uncle together as a as a collective and then sort of disbanded it done a kind of white a few white label releases and then um brought it back along with uh with dj shadow yes. who's from brazil one of your lot brazil, yeah he's one of your lot um well dj shadow had just had a, a immense success yeah. with introducing which is a fucking insanely brilliant record it's a good album uh (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit better than that mate fucking hell it's a good album it's really Uh, good it's a good album yeah uh and um that was was that two years previous yep about that and introducing had just totally i mean it, it was like a it had really reinvigorated this scene definitely and reinvigorated that idea of like combing through record stores at a time when vinyl wasn't popular Mm -hmm. and like just 
buying anything and like trying to mix it together and create new sounds and mm. new music which is effectively what dj shadow was doing on introducing yeah and did for the majority of his career and production wise and sound wise you know i think we spoke about the kind of the bristol sound when we did um massive, massive attack, attack and yeah. i think he was um very influential um in kind of shaping exactly what that sounded like yes. along with all the other people that we mentioned previously he probably isn't well i'm not even probably he's not i wouldn't call it trip hop uh at all no no i don't think it's necessarily trip hop but it certainly has the same flavor yeah. as a lot of those bristolian bands um there's, there's a warmer quality yeah. to it yeah, yeah there is definitely of, uh, yeah it's not as stark is it mm, um mm. but yeah so uh uncle just kind of uh, if you were someone like me in 1998 um, and you... What a fucking legend. Just a fucking top guy. <laughs> uh, you probably didn't. You were listening to Radiance Machine and and Corn and yes. One Minute Silence. I wasn't making an effort to listen to Uncle in 1998. No, but I was lucky because I had a friend called Ewan Manson uh, who I went to college with who was massively into hip-hop. Mm-hmm. like really really massively into hip-hop um and i ran his house one day and he put this record on and he bought it because it had um mike d from the beastie boys in it mike mm-hmm. diamond yeah. and um and i was like wow this is great and he also was into like ronnie size i think that's a kind of comparable thing with dj shadow this sort of sits somewhere in between all of those things um and when he put Guns Blazing, um, Drums of Death Part 1 on it, I was like, oh, fucking hell, that's a big old noise. Like, that's a killer. Like, I wasn't really into, you know, Porter's Z and those sort of bands, mm-hmm. particularly at that time. So when I thought, oh, it's going to be, you know, one of these sort of trip-hoppy, sombre albums. Yeah, yeah. You soon get a big old wake-up call when... Uh, you do very early on, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When that comes in. So that immediately woke me up and... I ended up being a very, very big fan of the record. I bought it myself. Um, and I like it. <laughs> um, so I, you you had sort of said that this is the point, this is the place to go to for Uncle. This is his mm-hmm. best album. For me, it's the best album, yeah. Um, I do think it's very 90s. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> it's very nineties. It's kind of like a crazy idea because at the time, it's it's a mashup of so many different, um, uh, very popular artists of the time. So Richard mm. Ashcroft's on here, Tom mm. York's on here, Ian Brown's on here. Uh, help me out, Jason Newstead. Jason Newstead, of course. Yeah, uh, badly drawn boy. Badly drawn boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ian. Do you say Ian Brown? I did, yeah. You did say right. So okay. lots of lots of people in the indie world mm. were guesting, and I suppose that was unusual because normally it would be people from the hip hop world mm. guesting. So I suppose that's where the alt rock thing sort of comes in. Yeah. To, I think we said it before when we were reviewing the Road Part Two that he's yeah. obviously a big fan of guitar music. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really obvious, and I think that was slightly alienating to some of the people he'd be trying to um appeal to but it was very exciting for a lot of people as well and there was there was a lot of um hype about this record before it even came out predominantly almost exclusively due to dj shadow's involvement yep and i think a lot of people 
wanted or were expecting introducing part two, mm. maybe. Um, which it is and it isn't. Um, it's a far more... I mean, introducing takes from a lot of different places, but it feels cohesive. Mm-hmm. Uh, science fiction is more like, we've been talking about this quite a lot, cohesiveness and mixtapes, but mixtape. it's more like a mixtape. Yeah, yeah. But science fiction is like this really cool mixtape of um, artists from yesterday decade doing cool songs that you've not heard before yeah so and a lot of it is really successful a lot of it's really good and a lot of it still really stands up Mm. um the song with richard ashcroft on it is like an eight minute belter i love that song it's great what's it called lonely soul lonely soul it's fantastic um i really like the ian brown song as well Mm -hmm. rabbit in your headlights we've already discussed it's just fantastic Mm -hmm. um but I think there's a lot of stuff on this record which is, which feels very 1998. Yeah, that, that, that's that's true. I mean, are you thinking like Uncle main title theme, the second song? Yeah, yeah. It's got I that actually, like wash of like, nee, 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 nee. it's got that like quite, yeah. Yeah. Almost sounds pixelated, doesn't yes. it? Almost sounds yeah. like a sort of internet dial up. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. It doesn't actually sound like it, but it kind of, you go, oh yeah, those were the sounds of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I can I th- see that. If I'm honest, I think the first track that you mentioned ha- does sound very 90s as well. Mm. Um, I'm sure listening to it big, back in yeah, 98, big, 99. Big drum sound. Big oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it sounded fucking amazing. But as someone who listened to this record in full for the first time in 2019. Yeah it sounds quite dated that and not in a great way but then there's there's stuff like um it's the third track where it really starts to get good for me bloodstained Mm, bloodstained yeah um it really that like when it's good it's really really good it's a hell of a roller coaster i feel yeah um but interestingly i think because people were looking forward to the album so much mainly because of dj shadow's uh involvement it was actually kind of i was always under the impression that this was critically lauded this record and at the time it wasn't really Um, no it was a fairly uh it sort of seemed to go under the radar a fair bit uh, i think um because i didn't hear it until i think it was about 1999 i heard it about a year after it came out and i'd never actually heard of uncle before i didn't know anything about it but i had but then once i heard the record i started seeing it in record shops i started seeing it in kind of um, yeah you know the name getting mentioned and bandied around and and, and whatnot and i i don't i'm not aware of the uh the um the sort of reviews of it i mean i guess oh, enemy gave it six out of ten i'm just looking now so a few reviews from the time um robert uh Criscal said not beautiful or weird enough for its own beats uh joshua klein at av club said that science fiction can be chalked up as an ambitious failure its principles can be put on their resumes but cultural historians needn't put it in their books which is quite funny because i think that's been proved wrong yeah and the enemy said the prevailing air of the album is one of clumsy compromise rather than mutual inspiration overwhelmingly there's the feeling that dj shadow who builds almost all of the music here is uncomfortable in his role as collaborator that this deeply solipistic artisan rarely gets rarely gels with Lavelle's chosen singers or even comes to terms with the song as opposed to groove format of much of the material here. 
Mm. Surprising, isn't it? I I just assumed that this was well received upon release, and I remember Rabbit in the headlights being fucking everywhere. Yeah, more or less. Well, yeah. I, I mean, actually, I didn't. I hadn't really gone into how it was critically received. Yeah, not, um, not brilliant. No, but I mean, what I was going to say is, it felt like it's funny how DJ Shadow basically left after this album, almost immediately after. Yeah, yeah. and has sort of then sort of distance himself from it. He did for a time. I think, yeah, he's kind of thawed out on it a bit. Yeah, now. he's thawed out on it quite a bit, but for quite some time, he found the work he'd done on it embarrassing, I think. Mm. Um, I don't think there's anything on here that's embarrassing in the slightest. There's stuff which is much better than other stuff. Yeah. Um, there's stuff with some stuff's a bit forgettable, whereas some stuff's absolutely brilliant um but uh i wouldn't call any of it bad and even with me saying oh it's dated a little bit it's not not in an unpleasant way you know no i mean i've never i guess because i've been playing it so consistently since like a year since its release for 20 years um i've never really noticed it I guess it's like you don't notice somebody if you stand if you see someone every day you don't notice they get old I went back yeah, to see yeah. my mum the other day and I saw a guy I used to go to school with who I hadn't seen in like fucking 10 years or whatever and I was like holy shit you mm. look old mm. and I was with my other mate he was like what and he's like oh yeah you see him you live there and you see him all the time so you yeah, don't notice it so uh, it's a, there's a bit of that going on um, I really think it's great I mean, I, I've said it before and I, I, I love the fact that it just, it won't settle. I love the fact that it won't yeah. settle. I love the fact that it goes fucking all over the place. And it feels like such a a wild and um, untamed musical experiment. It feels like there's no boundaries on it. Do you know yes. what I mean? It feels yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. there is, what I, I, what I really loved about it, and I think as someone who was, you know, predominantly listening to metal at that time mm. and didn't really like dance music and didn't really like dance culture particularly and, and mm. was bored by the Porter's Head and was almost, and was quite bored by a lot of the indie bands at that point as well. Yeah. To hear something that did have Richard Ashcroft, Annie and Brown and um, Jason Newstead and Mike D and let's, you know, let's, let's not forget as well. I don't I mean, I didn't notice at the time, but Mark Hollis, on piano of course yes on yes, chaos I forgot about mark that. hollis yeah, yeah, uncredited yeah. role yeah, by yeah. mark hollis but you know dj shadow with all those people i and, and tom york as well you know i just thought like this clearly is something that's been put together with absolutely no um interest whatsoever in falling into genre boundaries no. and that was a very mm-hmm. very unusual thing to have at, yeah. in 1998 it's very scattershot yeah. It's very, very, and I think genre boundaries were so much, we talked about this quite a bit, but they were so much stricter was, back there was then. There rigidity in amongst yeah. that, that you just, you know, I remember being like, what is Jason Newstead from Metallica doing on a fucking trip hop album? I think, to be honest, I would still ask the question, what is Jason Newstead yeah. <laughs> from Metallica? Because, you know, uh, his contribution isn't, 
particularly Jason Newsteady. No. You could have got anyone in to do it, really. Yeah, but the fact that it was Jason Newsteady, yeah. I still think is just cool. The fact that he was like, no, the dude, look at the dude from Metallica. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get yeah. a guy from the Beastie Boys and the singer from Radiohead and a bass player from Metallica yeah. together, and we'll do some that are like, and, and the guy from Talk Talk. Like, it's well, that's the really cool thing about it. It's like an all-star mashup. Mm. This album, and it's like something. I mean, something that James Lavelle is often credited with. Um, and it's often considered sort of a bit of a backhanded compliment. DJ Shadow in the past has said that a lot of uh, what Lavelle was doing on this album wasn't musically related, but he was really good at collaboration mm. and seeing um, how this unusual part might work with this unusual singer or whatever yeah. and putting them together and he just had managed to make a lot of kind of friends in the business and knew a lot of people who he could get onto this record basically i mean mm. he'd been doing it um he became a dj at the age of 14 and by the time he was 18 he had enough money he was able to borrow enough money to set up moags which is record this yeah. record label that's pretty like and this is back when record labels weren't a, a, a case it wasn't a case of just filling in a form on the internet and you've got yeah. a record i mean i've got a fucking record label um, I'm, I'm serious i have a record label yeah. but yes i do but gonna but, release the steg re-release the steg album right? sure uh, let's talk about that after uh, no you're not <laughs> releasing that i don't have the rights to that either. <laughs> um but uh you know, having a record label back in the 90s or whatever is a, a far, far more oh, difficult yeah. proposition. Mm. And he had one when he was 18, yeah. you know, or he had the money. Hustler. You know. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And I think a lot of people um, use that as uh, a, a rod to beat him with. You know, mm. they used they used it as um, as a criticism. But. You know, at the end of the day, I, I think I think Uncle's work these days speaks for itself. To be honest, um, yeah, yeah. Those last couple of albums are I, definitely. You know, I've listened to the Road uh, Parts One and Two a bit. Um, you know, especially since after we've we've reviewed them, um, and it's more. And I've listened, and I listen back to this, and I have. You know, even I, as a huge fan of this record, mm. uh, have to say that musically it's more accomplished yes definitely. it's certainly more accomplished and it's certainly more ambitious and dexterous and interesting and it probably flows better as well yeah but i but still there's something about what i love about this album <clears throat> i think is it it kind of exists in its own sort of ecosystem yeah like it didn't influence anything no nope. it wasn't influenced by anything particularly i think mm -hmm. you know you could say like dj shadow came in and he brought his own flavor to it i think there's definitely a flavor of dj shadow definitely, in there. Yeah. i don't think it's a trip-hop album i don't think it's a hip-hop album i don't think it's a dance album i don't think it's a rock album uh, mm. i don't think it's an indie album i don't really know what sort of album it is that's i don't fair, think anything yeah. else came along after it where you went oh that sounds like uncle and mm. i don't think anything else that came before it that you could go you could go well that sounds a bit like that and that sounds a bit like that and that sounds a bit like that that song but does any of it sound like uncle no not particularly no, so sure. i think as yeah. a record that yeah. you know you've 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 got to remember i mean i think context is key in this yeah. to be honest yeah. because you're hearing it today for the yeah. first time whereas i heard it when it came out and when i heard it when it came out there wasn't anything else like this yeah i, to I totally get that. yeah there wasn't anything else like this and it did feel like 
it it felt like it, it was a light bulb moment for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh shit, you don't have to you don't just have to be a rock band, you don't have to be a dance band, you don't have to be that you know, there's there were lots of acts in the nineties who melded things really, really brilliantly, but they all eventually settled into Radiance Machine were a rock band. They might have gone out on tour with Wu Tang Clan, you know, uh, the prodigy kind of transitioned into being a rock band in the mid nineties. They were but you know, in the early nineties they were they were a dance act. They yeah. were yeah, a da- yeah, yeah, they were yeah, definitely a dance act, but they were a dance act that rock fans quite liked. And then they almost became a rock band in their own right, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the Beastie Boys like mixed kind of funk and hip hop and stuff. And you know, there were a lot of bands that were lots of things. Yeah. Um, but they always felt like they fell into some sort of camp at some point. Yes. Yes, and that they, belo- they belonged in Kerrang or they belonged in Mitch <clears throat> Mag or they belonged in the NMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really and don't really know. I mean, this didn't get covered in Kerrang, but it got covered in the enemy. It got covered in Q. It got covered in Mix Mag. Mix Mag got yeah, covered. Sure. So, but then and it, and it's, it didn't really feel like it belonged to any of them. I, I, I well, to, to put that in a slightly different way, I would say it was as much Q as it was Mix Mag. Yeah, and which vice is versa. Yeah, which is kind of mad. Mm. Um. Yeah, it, I mean, I mean, it's 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 a brilliant kind of, it's a moment in time created like court, you know. Yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, and and it's it's still very good. I'm not saying oh, this whole album's dated really badly. I I still think a lot of it is really really good. Mm. I prefer the road part one and two because they feel. This is something that Mark Hollis used to say. Funnily enough, actually, just to bring him back into it, it's that whole thing of using acoustic instruments versus electric instruments there's so much more the road part one and two are so piano led yeah particularly part two yeah and piano piano don't go out of style <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> but it doesn't like piano no, no, you're right it doesn't go out of style yeah um whereas a lot of the stuff a bit like misery in that respect isn't it misery doesn't go just like misery uh <sighs> <laughs> and there's a, a lot of this <laughs> a lot of the stuff on science fiction a lot of the a, a lot of the stuff which let's be honest dj shadow was probably bringing to it yeah is the stuff that sounds a bit dated now mm. um but it's more to do with the, do with the tools being used yeah, which cut is, and paste culture yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 then it is um and I, I suppose from that point of view the road part one and part two feel more kind of human to me the science right. fiction yeah i can sort of see that i mean uh you know you say that there's a lot of humanity i'm and, not saying science fiction yeah. is robotic or anything no, like no, that no, at no, all no. i'm just saying road f- it was a uh, strange it, it was it was on you i was expecting to really be blown away with this album and it was a little bit of a shock when i put it on and i was like there are really good bits there's also quite a lot of it where i'm like meh yeah. You know, um, just like a mixtape. I mean, this this is... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this whole idea of doing a mixtape rather than an album is actually a very modern idea. And 21 years ago, when this album came out, that would have been mind-blowing. Mm. You know, um, we were still very much in the uh, thrall of a record, or at the very least a single. But, you know, I mean, what singles would you release from this, which which... 
would give an indication of what the record sounds like. It's well, practically impossible. I think that's the thing because, I mean, I do remember, like you say, I do remember the video for Rabbit in Your Headlights. Mm. I do remember it. And just assuming it was a, a, a kind of one-off Radiohead single. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's so, you know, it's so Radiohead. And actually, I mean, again, um, the 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 sample percussion taken, do you know where the percussion is taken from on this on that song on Rabbit in Your Headlights? No. It's taken from New Grass by Talk Talk from the Laughing Stock album. Oh, is it? Up, yeah, to... Uh, to uh bon, sorry bonjour's just uh, get off you little rat um, <laughs> bonjour's going on my phone yeah so it's a talk talk sample right yeah, cool yeah. from sorry for, obviously from spirit of eden the one after spirit of eden uh yeah yeah uh, yeah Talk's last album mm. so uh it's got a bit of you know again like we don't want it to go back to being do you know look how influential talk talk are but they obviously they, they uh, really yeah. really are mark hollis is on the album um but i think there is yeah there's there's a similar set of principles just done in a completely different way in that James Lavelle, I think, and, and DJ Shadow here just went, everything, we can have everything. We yeah. can be anything. We can do whatever we want. And I Which think, was enormously brave at the time. Yeah. Enormously. Yeah, yeah really. Um, as opposed to Mark Hollis going, I want nothing. Yeah, yeah. Everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to bring it back around to Talk Talk again, which we have a bit of a tendency, that's become a bit of a thing, isn't it? But they're good aren't they're they good. I told they're good you they're yeah you were good. right yeah they're yeah, fucking yeah. good um, um yeah i think uh no i totally lost track of what i was gonna say i was thinking about talk talk sorry <laughs> go on <laughs> can someone give us a talk talk album to do on right <laughs> on, on rioters review just I, I might actually sign up for our own patreon and go can we just do the spirit, <laughs> yeah. the spirit of eden every week <laughs> yes please uh, um yeah but no, I really like this album. There are lots of, there are a few bits on it that I don't like, some which are quite controversial, which you might like me to mention so that yeah, you can shout on. at me and tell me why I'm rubbish. Yeah, go on. Don't like the Mike D track. Do you not? Oh, man, With why? Jason Newstead and uh, who else is on it? You don't like hip hop, though, do you? Do you know what? That's why. And this is going to be a like controversial, rapping. this is going to be a controversial opinion that has not uh, been expressed on this podcast as of yet. Are I you about to say that in the Beastie Boys? No. I don't really like Mike D. Okay. He's my least favourite element of the Beastie Boys. He's the one I find most gnawing. Um, I've never... <laughs> I've sort of never thought... Yeah, I've never thought... I mean... Um, I only did it because because of hearing him on this, al- on this album. I was like, oh, he's the one who I find annoying. <laughs> MCA is the best. Like, yeah. rest in fucking, fucking rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. the best. I have. Yeah. That I do know. Yeah, but um, I, don't, I don't. I don't dislike the Beastie Boys. I, I, there's a lot of their stuff I can take or leave. But I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say I dislike the Beastie Boys because that's just not true. Yeah, and you'd be, you'd be ejected from the house immediately. Um, do you see that? I, yeah, I'm fucking, literally getting attacked as we do this podcast. Attacking you, mental. I'm literally getting attacked. Unbelievable. Like she's got up on the side and stood on the computer. And yeah. because I tried to move her away slightly, she swiped me and bit me. Yep, yep. She is a cruel this mistress. This is the kind of content that you didn't expect that you would get <laughs> <laughs> on this Riot She's done review. a massive shit as well, hasn't she? Has she done a shit? All right, right, we got to go then. Um, so anyway, thank you very much, uh, so, Matt. 
Sorry, Matt, that that was sort of hijacked by Bonjour at the yeah. end. <laughs> but Matt, um, good shout, Uncle Science Fiction. I never. It's funny, like when you talk about stuff being dated. Like I say, I ne- it, that had never even occurred to me. Never occurred to me in a million years. I think it. I think it only would sound dated to people listening to it for the first time. If that right, makes sense. Okay. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, because at the time it probably felt so new. Yeah, it you did. were like it really did. You're reminded of that every time you listen to it. I guess that is the thing with and and this will come around one day. I mean, this is the thing. That can this heed this warning these people who tell me soundcloud rappers are the fucking future and that lot you are going to be the past one day you are going to sound dated to people that haven't heard you in 10 years what do you want your art to be do you want it to be something that is fucking long lasting and can transcend generations or do you just want to uh, appeal to people right i mean i think we know the answer to a lot of those artists right now but it's a very very pertinent question i mean this came up with bring me the horizon yep. like using gram and you know mm-hmm. is instagram gonna be a thing in 10 years time and blah blah blah. that's massively gonna date you yeah it's something that a lot of artists don't really consider and i don't think you could be truly classic unless you're timeless in some way as well true that um this album might not be that but i still think it's a fucking rager so i i, I don't think this album is that but i do still think it's fucking great cool all right good um that's uncle science fiction as picked by matt bradley as i said you know go to patreon.com for slash right act podcast if you're listening to this on the normal thing uh and give some money and you can select something like many 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 people have already done i'm looking down the list here as i tend to do and there's it's getting bigger all the fucking time isn't it it's a big old list that um it's a scary list it's a scarily big list Wow, it really is. Although I wouldn't mind doing um, visio, visual audio, audio sensory theatre by Vast. Wouldn't mind doing that quite soon. All right. Yeah, <laughs> good. Hint. And uh, Mary Beats Jane, Locust, I would like to do that as well. Um, so we should do that. And Punk's right. Not Dead by The Exploited. All right. Do that as well. Right, yeah. right. There's plenty of good shit on air, this mate. Is, this let's is an off-air conversation. Nah, <laughs> let's have it on air. Let everyone know. Let's air our dirty laundry. Um <laughs> That's a Border Canada one as well. I'll do that too. All right, anyway, see you later, everyone. Bye.